Welcome to the first ever episode of The Brad Leffler Show. On this episode, I sit down with my friend and business partner, Connor Shelifanchuk. We dove deep on his addiction to video games growing up and how he turned that into an entrepreneurial journey that has led him to do well over eight figures in revenue on Shopify. I really love Connor's take on mindset and turning every situation into a positive one. It's probably the singular reason that stands out to me as to why he is so successful. So thank you for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. I've never done a podcast episode before. This is the first podcast episode ever. I don't even know what nice. I'm going to call it. But, uh, Connor Shalafunchuk, I think I got that right. Yep. Uh, is the inaugural guest, uh, the first guest on here. So welcome, Connor. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for uh, letting me be your first guest. <laughs> it's an honor. I have zero subscribers currently. So as of now, no one will see this, but that, was, that will change very quickly. Perfect. <laughs> Um, or at least I'm hoping so, or maybe it won't. Who the fuck knows? As long as you're having fun, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so a little bit of background on yourself. We've been friends and we partnered on a few businesses in the six to eight months that I've known you. Yeah. Um, so if you could just give everybody some background at home uh, in case they don't know who you are. That would sure. Be sure. I am a uh, former horrendous horrendous video game addict <laughs> for a very long time um been an entrepreneur air quotation since i was 13 i just didn't have the right mindset to uh go big with it until i fixed sort of the mindset area in my life uh like i said horrendous video game addict for a very long period of time and when i fixed the mindset um i went big in went big in digital marketing and e-commerce um and basically grew from you know making next to no money to doing seven figures consistently for the past um, two years now, six figures before that, uh, before my real breakthrough came through. Um, and yeah, it just shows you that what somebody, I mean, I never went to college. I didn't go to university at a high, high school education, um, but I just fixed my mindset and I had the, uh, the drive and the hustle to do something. And that shows you that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you've got the, the hustle and the right mindset to do it, you're going to do what you want to do. For sure, 100%. Um, well, dive a little bit deeper into being basically addicted to video games and playing what well, you were playing like 16, 18 hours a day, something crazy. Yep. Yeah, there were was, there was some points where I would literally be up for 72 hours straight playing video games. And I was destroying my body. Like I was literally, because I, I played football for 10 years prior to that really happening. Um, and I, I still played video games when I played football, but it wasn't nearly to the same extent because football was still, I still had a responsibility and it was still a priority. So I'd practice, you know, four hours, four hours a night, uh, a lot. So it limited my, and I would be tired and I'd come home and, and limited my, my video game addiction really. But when football ended, man, oh my goodness, I went from being in incredible shape to gaining, gaining tons of weight, becoming super unhealthy, barely being able to like go for a five minute run kind of thing. Um, and it was just purely because of the fact that I didn't know, you know, how to deal with negativity in my life. When I, when I went and did the, the soul searching and really figuring out why I had a video, a video game addiction, um, it turned out that it was video games were a coping mechanism for me uh, based off of stuff that happened when I was growing up um, with my, my family situation, my, my home situation at life. So 
when I was 13 years old, video games turned into a coping mechanism to deal with negativity. So anytime there was negativity in my life, it would be go to video games, immerse yourself in this virtual world so you can lose yourself from the, from the actual world. And that was my coping mechanism. So I didn't realize when I was, you know, when I was 22 years old, I didn't realize nine years later that I was a much bigger person than I was when I was 13. And I could actually deal with things a lot better than going to video games. But it was always that trigger of something bad happens, go to video games, escape the, escape the, the pain of, of the, the negativity that was happening in my life. So that was kind of that trigger. When I understood that, and I went back and I kind of resolved those negative situations in my life for myself in my own mind, it was like snap of a finger, done. I haven't had the urge to, I haven't played video games since and I haven't had the urge to play video games since. Literally just by solving that, um, turning, turning that negative situation into a positive and understanding that I'm a bigger person, I don't need that um, coping, I don't need to do that to cope anymore. It's just, it's unhealthy and it's unnecessary and it's actually hurting me more than later or more, more, more than it's helping me now. Because before, when, you, when you're 13, I mean, you gotta cope with things, you don't really know how to handle negativity nobody there's no guidebook nobody's telling you how to do it so it helps you because you're because you don't have anything else to do and that was what helped me get through it but i didn't need that now so that's kind of my my background on the video game addiction that i had yeah it's like it's escapism right mm-hmm. like using it to yeah get away from whatever else that you're doing. yeah yeah and as a 13 year old that's fine because you don't know any better but once you hit 22 and you actually know better that you don't need to do that, you just, it, it's just a matter of identifying what the root problem is, understanding it, and then taking the steps required to fix it. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that every addiction in any, it doesn't matter what it is, stems from something in your past that if you resolve it, it'll, it'll end overnight. Because I mean, video game addiction is no, in my eyes, is no different than, you know, addiction to alcohol or, or, or cigarettes or anything like that. It stems from a need to do do it for some sort of reason. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's chemicals in, in there with, with, you know, drugs or, or alcohol or anything like that too. So there's a bit of a physical um, aspect, but for video games, like I literally needed it. The addiction was so strong that I literally needed it, or I would hate my life if I wasn't turning to video games and I'd hate my life because I turned to video games. So yeah, I'm a firm believer that if you solve your, you know, if you, you resolve the problems from your past that is triggering it, then, you can get over any any addiction in your life very very quickly and efficiently. Not easily, but 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 quickly. Yeah, and then there's definitely like you said, there you know there's chemicals involved in drug dependency, but yeah. there's chemicals that you know are being released in your brain when you're playing yeah. video games. And yeah, dopamine. Very similar. Yeah, very very similar. Yeah, you're you're addicted to the dopamine rush of you know escaping and everything being happy and perfect because you're playing video games and that's that's where the, you know, the, the chemical addiction comes in. So, I mean, obviously every situation is a little bit different, but that's my take on things. I think everybody, I think once, once your, your core as a, as a human is over the problem and doesn't need the addiction, the, the chemical things will kind of, will align with that because you don't, you, you don't need it anymore. So you're, it's a lot easier to to deal with that because it, I mean, even when I didn't need it, like it, it, in my mind, it's, it was still going back to it but I knew that I didn't need it. So there was no reason to go back to it. What do you think was the catalyst that helped you? Cause you just, was it like you weaned yourself off or was it like one day? No, I, I didn't even wean myself off. It was literally like done snap of a finger and never played video games again. The yeah. catalyst for me, the catalyst for me was, was working with somebody who, who helped me 
understand it and help me connect it. So I, I worked with a few mentors um, in, in my life. Sam Ovens was a huge one. He's, he's really great at connecting um, stuff in your past and helping you resolve your past in the future. Another one, um, a local guy uh, in Vancouver, Dr. Nima Romani. Uh, I, I've been pretty good friends with him for, for over a year now. I, I resolved it before him, but he, what, he, what he teaches and goes through is the same thing. So I've worked with him a little more in depth now on that aspect. But it was literally, it was the process of understanding, like going back in your life and understanding the very first point where it became a problem and then connecting the dots basically. So I went, I can I literally, I can remember the first day that, that I used video, game, video games as a coping mechanism. I think anybody in their life, whether it's drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever, you can go back and understand the first day you used it as a coping mechanism. And then what I did was basically, and what, what Sam Ovens teaches and what uh, Dr. Nima teaches is you basically revisit the situation that happened and it's, it sucks. It's, it's super dark and, and emotional and, and it's hard to do because it, you're, you're revisiting a negative situation in your life. And then what you do is you take the, you take something positive from it and look at how it affected you today and how it turned you into the person that you are today. So it's, it's disassociating the negativity of the situation or the negativity with that situation and associating a positive, a positive thing that comes with it. So I went back and I, and you literally, you would just write down all these different positive things that came from it. So it's like, you know, as much as you needed to cope that situation, it made you independent. It made you somebody who's, who, who understands how to hustle. It made you somebody who understands how to rely on yourself and not anybody else to get something done and deal with a problem. So you basically, when I did that and I had this, it was like negative situation. It was like, it sucked. I had to cope. That was the one negative and that was it. And my life sucked at, at that moment. And, but the list of positives that came out of that were so, so drastically, you know, huge that it was like, this wasn't a negative situation anymore. So once I understood that, it's like, I don't have to cope anymore now because I know that I'm never going to have a negative situation in my life. So even if, you know, the worst thing that you could possibly think of happens in my life, like, you know, a relationship is ruined or, you know, something happens between you and a really close friend or something like that. I don't look at it negative anymore because I know there's going to be this massive list of positive that comes with it that I, that is going to positively affect me 10 years from now. It's going to turn me into a much better person, stronger person 10 years from now. So I don't have to cope because I don't have, there's no problem. So if I go and lose a hundred thousand dollars or, you know, you know, we had this conversation a long time ago about how I, how are you so positive when you have a quarter million dollars locked in PayPal? And it's like, because it's, you know, a year from now, I'm never going to have that problem again. And I'm going to grow so much quicker because of the fact that I'm never going to have a problem with PayPal again. So I'm, I didn't have to be, and that's a lot of money and it sucks, but I didn't have to be negative about it because I know that it's going to affect me super positively in the future. So once I, once I understood that, that really, um, there's a great quote, uh, actually negatives, negatives exist in the past and in the future, never in the present. So when you're a negative about something, it's because you are negative about an experience in the past or you're worrying about how it's going to affect you in the future. There's actually no negativity in the present at all. Even if something sucks, you're, you're, it's, actually, you're, it's actually a positive thing for you. So once I understood that, it was literally snap of a finger. The next day, I never, never touched video games again. And it's been almost, it's been almost three, three years, two years. It's been a while. Yeah. Wow. I don't, even, I don't even count anymore because it's not even like, I don't have to, cause it's not even, it's not even a, a thought that crosses my mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, 
I mean, it comes down to the fact that like you're in control. Yeah. Right? Like nobody's making you make these decisions. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, a chemical dependency in your brain, but if you, it's really all about perspective. Like if you, if you flip the situation from, like you said, from a negative to a positive, yeah. there's going to be a positive in every situation and a yeah. negative in every situation. It's just a matter of which one you're willing to look at. Yeah. And absolutely. You know, there's no point in dwelling on the negative bullshit. No. It's going to do absolutely nothing for you. No, it doesn't help you. You can say, Oh, you know, woe is me. My life sucks. What does that do? You, you have a choice of either moving forward and <clears throat> moving forward and, and progressing or dwelling on the negatives. And there's only, only one of those two options is going to make the situation better. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that, you know, I, I, I deal with all the time on, you know, trying to get people to look at the positive of a situation rather than, rather than the negative of it. Yeah. It's really just like once you flip that switch and realize that dwelling and complaining is going to get you absolutely nowhere. It's, and it's actually going to do the opposite of what you want. Yeah. Make you more miserable and it's going to make you find more problems and more negativity then, you know, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, your brain doesn't yeah. allow it. It's not logical. It's not, it's not logical at all. It's like the definition of insanity, right? Just mm -hmm. trying to have a different outcome, you know, by doing the same things over and over again. Yeah, exactly. So if, if someone was in the same situation as you, or as you were, let's say three years ago, four years ago, what would be your first move? I mean, you touched on it a little bit before, right? Go back to that first time where you used it as a coping mechanism and yeah. then associate a positive with it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you would do to kind of like break? Because the, the toughest part is breaking the habit, right? Yeah. Once, once you get some momentum, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's not easy, it's not an easy thing, but it'll get much easier over time. Like, yeah. I mean, the first, the first week that you did this, it was probably, you know, it was probably a little bit more difficult than you may be leading on. I don't yeah. know. What, like what would be your, your, your next move after that? So the best exercise I could <clears throat> advise anybody to do, and this is something that I do every day now, uh, is what, so you have, you have that one negative situation and that's great. You resolve that. But the best thing for you to do is to go back and resolve every negative situation that you've ever thought that, that you can think of. And you, you won't, you're, you're not going to get every single one of them because there's obviously, you know, a ton of negative situations that have happened in your life. But basically you go back and you spend, you can spend an entire day doing this and you literally just on a piece of paper or a computer or whatever, write down every single thing you can think of that you deemed as a negative situation in your life and resolve every single one of them. And you might have to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, you know, I'm sorry for whatever happened between us. And that might be the resolution and it sucks and it's tough to do, but that is the only way that you are going to resolve problems from your past. And you have to do that because any problem you have now is because of something that happened in your past. Like, it's like I always touch on the topic of fear. We're only born with two natural fears. We're humans, humans only have a fear of, of loud noises and a fear of falling. Every other fear that we have is borrowed from a situation or a person or an event in our past. So if you, if you think about it, like a fear of, of losing money that fear doesn't actually exist. That fear is literally created by a situation or a person that you're borrowing it from in your past. If you, if you grew up and you never lost a dime, you never lost anything, you, you, everything was always positive in your life, you wouldn't have a fear of investing money because you never had a negative situation that, that told you now that that's scary. 
So you basically, you go back in your past, you, you resolve every situation, you associate a positive with it, and it might suck because you might have to talk to people. I had to talk to people uh, and admit that I was wrong or that, you know, stuff like that. But you have, you have to do it. If you want to move forward, you have to do it. And if you truly want to move forward, then it's going to be easy for you to do so. And once you've done that, what, what you start doing in the present is anytime something that, that is deemed as negative happens to you in the moment, you immediately write it down and you immediately associate a positive with it. And what that does is as you move forward, you're never going to, you're never going to look back and sit and have that fear again. So, you know, when I had money locked up by PayPal right away, it was like, what am I learning from this? What can I do to improve? How is this not going to happen to me again? So when I look back and it's like, yeah, it sucked, but I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it happening again because I know that, that even if, you know, well, first of all, I know it's not going to happen because I'm taking the steps to avoid it. It, it still could happen, but even if it does, it's, I'm just going to learn from it again. So I don't have the fear of going and selling with PayPal. I don't have the fear of, you know, hiring another mentor or buying another training program or, you know, investing in ads or my stores or whatever, because I know that no matter what happens, I've burned $5,000 in a few hours on ads that just went well or, or went poorly but I'm not afraid to go and try it again because I know that I learned so much from it that it's going to benefit me more. So you resolve it in the past and then you have a consistent plan in place to make sure you're resolving things instantly and associating positives with them instantly. That way you never have anything to fear. And then you do it enough and it turns into a habit and then it's like, yeah, it sucks, but I learned. Yeah, it sucks, but I learned. I survived and I learned a lesson kind of thing. And that's, that's my, my number one piece of advice or, or um, tactic exercise I should say that anybody can do and once you start doing that it's like you, you're never going to be worried about something again yeah thank you for that that's uh I think that's going to be really powerful for some some people to I think that the most difficult part of that is you know confronting that yeah like you said there's going to be people that you don't want to reach out to you know who wants to get on the phone with PayPal support right yeah nobody does who wants to reach out to an old friend that you may be fucked over or, you know, maybe, you know, we, we all do fucked up things yeah. from time to time. And it's kind of just like going in and, and facing that fear that I mm -hmm. think is the most difficult part for people. Like they, you know, if you, you know a problem exists somewhere over here, but if you just stay over here in comfort land, you know, you never have to deal with that yeah. issue. But the problem is that that just keeps compounding on yeah. it if it's not addressed. Yeah. And you don't, it's not a, like you, you can't verify that it's affecting you because it's not like, it's not, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's not just something that you see affecting you every single day, but it not absolutely is affecting you. It's not tangible. Exactly. It's not, that's, that's the word. Thank you. It's not tangible because you can't associate it directly with something most of the time, but it's in the back of your mind. It's like, if you're constantly putting off, like, paying a bill or something like I always tell people like if you have to pay a bill for a supplier or whatever pay it now don't let it sit because in the back of your mind no matter what happens you're going to have that crap I owe five thousand dollars or I owe a thousand dollars or whatever and it's going to sit there and it's going to cause negativity and it's going to drain your energy and all that because you're as much as you aren't consciously actively thinking about it it's in your mind and it's going and it's constantly you know your, your brain is recycling it and thinking about it so it's putting you in that state of stress and it's the same with relationships you know if you screwed up a relationship in the past whatever we're imperfect humans it doesn't matter you know it happens as long as you didn't go too far <laughs> um 
but you go back and you resolve it. And I guarantee you, you talk to that person and you say, Hey, you know, I screwed up. I'm sorry. You know, I'm imperfect. I meant, I meant the best, whatever. Let's resolve it and, and take a positive from it. They may not take it well. And if they don't, then that's not really your problem. You did your best to resolve it. Now it's resolved for you. So you don't have to constantly be stressing like, like, you know, man, this person must hate me or something like that forever. And that's, it's going to, it's going to weigh down on you. It's not tangible in the moment, but it's going to weigh down on you. Yeah. It's going to weigh down on you. And like, I, I've done this before where I've put off a problem, you know, I think we mm -hmm. all have. And not only is it in the back of your mind, but especially if it's something like, Hey, I owe a supplier $5,000. They're coming for that eventually. <laughs> eventually it's going to, and in four weeks, it's going to be way worse than right now. They're going to be yeah. pissed off. They're going to be angry. They're going to be looking for, and you may not, you know, at that point, who knows, um, you yeah. know, for whatever reason, you may not have it. Um, always best to just dive into head first into the problem, but it is yeah. extremely uncomfortable. That's, that's for sure. I think that's where people struggle the most. It's where I struggled the most for a while um, until I realized that they're, like you said, you know, even if it's like an old relationship or something and, you know, you're apologizing for what you did or what have you, you know, the only thing you can control is your actions. Yeah. You control how somebody else is going to react or not react to it. Maybe they don't even answer you. Yeah. But that's on them. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you can only control what you can control. I yeah. think that's, that's kind of the, the whole moral of, of what we just went through is, is that you're the only person that can control your actions. And as long as your intent is good, then you can sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your mindset is, is the driving force behind everything that you do. So it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what happens with them or what they think. It's, it's the, the fact that it's your mindset that needs to be cleared and that's it. Right. And you know, some people may be thinking, well, that's selfish. You just want to clear your own mindset and your own conscience. But it's really, you know, you're trying to, you know, obviously we all do things that are wrong to some degree at some point in our lives. Nobody's perfect. So at that point, like you said before, you can only control what's happening in the future. Yeah. Um, you can only control what happens from now until the end of your time on earth. And so that's, yeah. that's the only thing you can focus on. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think like a lot of people would say, say that it's selfish that you need to fix yourself. But I mean, in my eyes, it's not selfish because I mean, one of my goals is to help entrepreneurs. I want to help entrepreneurs with mindset. I want to help them. I want to help people get over addictions, etc. If I don't fix myself and my own problems in the past, how can I help other people? So as much as it's, you know, somebody could say that it's selfish for me to go, go back and resolve all those problems because I need to do it for myself at the same time, I need to do it for myself because there's no way I can help other people until I go and do that. So you got to do it. <laughs> there's, really have, no, there's no, there's no way around it. You have to really do no it. other option. I mean, you, you don't have to, but you'll be miserable if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be miserable. And then, and then the people in your life and anything that you try to do is all going to, it's, it's all going to reflect in that. So you got to do it comes down to like, you know, you've got to love yourself and take care of yourself first before. before yeah, else. absolutely. Yep. Um, I, and I think that, well, I'm very confident that your addictive personality helped you excel in. Oh yeah. Whatever. I think, 
that you were gonna you know start doing that addictive personality is super powerful if you can harness it and use yeah. it i'm i'm a firm believer like people people throw throw around addictive personality as like a, a condition or something like that i'm a i'm a firm believer that everybody on this planet has an addictive personality you, you, you just, a lot of people just don't see it because they're addicted to things that they don't think are addictions. So like, yeah, or they're addicted to things that are normal. Yeah. So like somebody okay. might go to the gym every day and love it. That's an addictive personality. If you don't go to the gym, you're upset with yourself. That's, that's an addictive personality. You have coffee every morning. That's an addictive personality. A lot of people say like, no, it's just routine. It's not routine. You're even if it is routine, then you're addicted to routine. Everybody has an addictive personality. And yeah, absolutely. My, when I freed up my time and I started working on e-commerce and, and I got super passionate about it and got into it, I got addicted to it. So it was easy for like, even now I'll be working and it'll be like 8 PM. And I'm like, where did my day go? I've been working for 14 hours and I, it felt like I just blinked and it's, and it's like, because I truly love it and I'm addicted to it and it's awesome. And I just shifted it from, from a negative situation into a positive situation. And it's not to say like that you can't be, you know, whatever you want to, you want to play video games 16 hours a day. That's your thing. That's totally okay. But you can do it. Like if you love video games and you just want to play video games 16 hours a day, you can still do that in a positive way. You know, you can make money from playing video games. It's, it's the destructive and the, the negative addictive uh, addictions. That is that that's where it's bad. And that's where people, you know, hate their life and, and feel miserable because of it. So if, if you're in that situation, then that's something that you have to do to get out of it. But I mean, you can be addicted to video games and, and turn it into a good thing. There's nothing wrong. There's tons of people who do that. There's people who play video games 16 hours a day and donate half the proceeds they make from doing it to charities. That's, that's a good thing. So they turn their addiction, addiction to video games into something positive and that's totally okay. But for me, that wasn't what I was going to do. So I had to get out of it because it was negative. Right. So it's more of like the intent, and the reason yeah. behind why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was a coping mechanism. There was no positive, there was no positive thing behind it. So it was negative. So if you, you know, and if you're, if your video game addiction isn't a coping mechanism, you just do it because you love it, turn it into a, turn it into a positive, shift it over into a positive. You can do that. And it's not, it's not that hard to do. You just have to understand that. Is it a coping mechanism? Is it negative or is it something you can actually, you know, do positively? Did, did you, you enjoy doing it? I mean, you obviously played 16, 18 hours a day. No. Like it? I hated it. Really? I hated it. It was the, it was the most frustrating and it was literal hell because I would go and I would play video games to escape the fact that I hated playing video games because I didn't know what else to do. So I would go and play for 16 hours and I would finish it and I would feel like garbage and I would hate myself for doing it and I'd wake up and do it again because I hated myself for doing it the morning before. So I was, I was, I was coping with a coping mechanism that I hated and it was just like this loop of hate yourself but do it again over and over because I didn't know how, how else to cope. So it was just this constant going in circles of like I, when I worked night shift, I would come home from night shift uh, at five o'clock in the morning and I'd play video games till two o'clock in the afternoon and then I'd go to sleep for two hours and then go back to go back and work again and I'd hate myself and then I'd do it again and it was this this endless cycle of and I think you know that that applies to people who drink and people who who smoke and stuff like that you know I've, I've seen people who despise themselves so much for drinking alcohol like being an alcoholic 
that they drink that they drink to escape the fact that they're an alcoholic because it's easier to to escape in that than anything else. So anytime you're in that, you know, there's that horrible loop of you you don't know how else to cope, so you go back into it because you hate yourself. So I started off enjoying video games, but when I when I got to the point where it, where I hated it because I knew I wasn't being productive, I just didn't know what else to do. So I was it was like I hated myself so much for doing it, but I was just doing it again to escape hating myself and then hate it was it was this yeah it was just a stupid loop of of hate but don't know what else to do kind of thing it's a it's a vicious cycle man mm -hmm. very vicious and you don't you literally you don't know what else to do like there's no when you're in a situation like that you're in the moment and you can't look at it from an outsider's perspective you know you need to make a change but you don't know how to do it because you're constantly in it all the time so is that how you shifted into e-commerce? Like what, like, so was there like a point in time where like you didn't play video games, but you didn't do anything else? Or was it like seamless transition? Like it was seamless transition. I actually got into e-commerce by a guy that I played video games with. So the first time I got into Shopify over three years ago now, um, he, I was playing video games um, and I met him online and we played video games together and he was a college student. So he had to pay bills. And one day he's like, he's like, you know, I, I found this super cool thing Shopify and he set up this store and he was selling um, trending uh, clothing, jewelry, accessories to sorority girls because he created like this network of colleges and universities. And they basically, it was like real world influencers basically where these sorority girls would wear his products and they'd show them around and they'd get commission and he'd sell them. And he was making like 100 to 200 bucks a day on it. And that was supporting his college and his video game addiction. So I saw that and I was like, I'm going to do this so I can play video games as much as I want. I don't have to work any other job. That was my, literally how I got into e-commerce. So went into it, started learning it. It was really cool. Um, and it was, I was, it was back and forth between playing video games, working on e-commerce a little bit, playing video games, working on e-commerce a little bit, because it was, it was almost like I would, I saw that I had an out that I could, I could shift it from video games to e-commerce, but I didn't know how to do it. Um, so I would like, I would work on my e-commerce store for like an hour and then I'd go play video games for 16 hours and then I'd hate myself because I did it. And then I'd try and work on my store and then I'd go play video games again. And it was just this back and forth thing, back and forth thing. And then when I fixed the, fixed the video game um, problem seamless, it was just straight into e-commerce because that was what I loved to do. I just didn't know how to shift it from, because it, one of the big things, I mean, with entrepreneurship and, and e-commerce and all that is you constantly have hard things to get through, negative things that happen, you lose money, you do what, you know, you invest and it doesn't go somewhere. So I would try and work on e-commerce and then like, you know, I would spend a hundred bucks and it wouldn't go anywhere and I'd get frustrated. So I'd go to video games and I'd, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to try it again go back, try it again. Something else negative happens, go back to coping mechanism. Now it's like, I don't need to do that. So this, the transition was totally seamless. And how did you learn? Was, were you learning from your friend? Were you researching on your own? Yeah, so I started learning from my friend um, at first. Um, his model was he didn't run any paid ads, which was what I was really interested in doing. So I tried his model first. It didn't go anywhere because I didn't have an, any sort of network like he did. Um, so it was kind of like I was just trying, but it wasn't really working. Then I kind of got into learning paid traffic. I started with free materials first horrible idea. Uh, one of the big problems that I learned very quickly with, with YouTube and everybody's like, Oh, you just learned for free off of YouTube. Nobody knows what's good information or not because nobody's verified. Nobody's got 
anything, you know, any proof that they're doing anything that they're doing is just these videos. And it's like, do this, do this, do this, and you'll make money. So I was like, okay, that's easy enough. Me being the, the naive uh, former video game addict that just believes everything anybody says online for that, for that moment in time. I was like, followed all these YouTube videos, went and did it, and I lost $30,000. I lost like my entire life savings up to that point in my life, and I was dead broke because all I did was follow all this, all this, this free stuff. And what happened was I noticed that I would watch like all these free videos. I'd learn it. I'd try it. And then I'd go try somebody else's. And it was like complete opposite of what the first person was, was trying to tell me. So I got into this loop of, I don't know who to trust. I don't know. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. And I, I got really put off from it again. Um, and then I ended up um, buying into a few programs um, to start with. And that and it gave me a clear um, path to, you know, okay, you know, this person's verified, they know what they're talking about, they have a reputation, so I'm gonna trust this. So I tried it and then I saw a little bit of success from it. And I was like, okay, I'm on, I'm on the right track here. Uh, and then I worked with another mentor and I, I got into another program and I started learning the psychology behind marketing and all this, all from, from verified sources, from people who actually know what they're talking about so you don't have to sift through all these different resources online. And I mean, it's a, it's a cool place to start, but like, you're gonna spend, 800 hours. I don't even know how many hours I spent researching things and you don't know if it's right or not. It's a great place to start and there's yeah. so much information out there. And that's part yeah. of the problem is that, like you said, like there is great information out there. The problem is that great information is 0.0001% of what's out yeah. there. Yeah. So you're going to have to sit there and watch hours and hours of content in order to actually get anything done rather than Number one, you know, a mentor is always a good idea. They obviously they're accredited, they're verified, they know what they're doing, they've had success before. You're going with a good mentor, um, and there's nothing better than going in and just digging around yourself yeah. and actually, you know, doing research um, from verified sources. Yeah. On, you know what's actually working and what isn't. Yeah. So that was that was kind of how I got my start, and I mean, that was that was kind of right around um, when I when I went into Sam Ovens um, program. Um, that was the, the catalyst for getting rid of my, getting rid of the video game addiction and all of the negative stuff in the past. And then it was like, every single time I made money, I would buy into another program. I'd work with another mentor. I would get into another, you know, group mentorship or whatever, because I was like, every, I, every time I did it, I saw verified results because I went and put the work in. So it was just, eventually it was just this compounded snowball effect of like, I have all this knowledge now, my mindset is taken care of. And then I literally went from doing, you know, my biggest year, which was low six figures to, I, I made more money in the first month of the next year than I had in the entire year before, because all of that knowledge, all that mentorship, all of those programs, my mindset was always like, if I buy a program and I get one good piece of advice from it, phenomenal. That's great. I think everybody out there I'll probably end up buying every credited program on the planet and working with every credited person on the planet because I believe that everybody has a different angle from it. You're always going to learn something from a different aspect that you never thought of before. So all of that compounded, all of it snowballed. I invested, I reinvested all of the money I made in my first really big year where I, where I did over six figures. It was like low, like two, $300,000 area. Reinvested all of that. I had $2,000 to my name. The next year but i i had so much knowledge amassed that that two thousand dollars turned into a million dollars like within three months because all of that knowledge was amassed and i really knew what to do and then it just it just kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing last year same thing i invested tons of money into into new mentors and new, new programs and new groups etc so 
you you learn really quickly when you when you invest in yourself constantly. It's it's one thing to to get into a program uh, and learn from it and just that one program and work on it and and just go with that. You'll make money from it if you put the work in, but the real snowball effect happens when you are constantly investing in yourself and in your knowledge. I'll fly like anywhere. If there's a, if there's a mentorship or a mastermind or something, I'll fly to freaking Europe to do it because I know that I'm going to get a different angle on something. And that's going to the ROI on that is going to be way more than what I pay on it. As long as I'm putting the work in to do it. Yeah. I, it, just, it grows. The thing with investing in yourself is that as you grow, your you know, the ROI from each of these things that you do are, is exponential. Yeah. Because as you're growing, right. And as your businesses are doing more and more, you know, a 1% change is yeah. massive at scale. Yeah. So like, and, and the prices don't change by the yeah. way. The prices, yeah. the prices aren't a percentage of what you're currently doing. The prices yeah. are a flat rate. So if yeah. you're growing and you know, the, the, the cost of getting more knowledge is smaller and smaller relative. Yeah. To your income. Yeah. But yeah. Back then it was like, I invested 100% of my income, which was like, you know, 200, it's like 200,000 ish dollars that I invested in my knowledge that now is like 5% of what I made last year. So the more, the, and, and this one, I think one thing that people don't really take into consideration is yes, made me a ton of money last year, all that knowledge. I have that knowledge for the rest of my life. So if I get to a point where I'm doing eight or sorry, when I get to the point where I'm doing eight figures a year and nine figures a year, that knowledge is still there and it applies on a scale that's a hundred times larger than what it was before. So instead of it making me $150,000, it's going to make me $15 million because it's the same advice. It's the same tactics, the same angle, just on a much larger scale. So I think a lot of people don't take it. They just think about in the moment, what's my ROI right now? If you're doing, you know, 200 bucks a day on a store, of course, it's not going to look like a big thing. If you learn how to upsell properly or retarget properly or whatever, you're, well, so it only made me an, an extra 20 bucks a day and I spent $5,000. What happens two years from now when you stick with it and you're doing a million dollars a month and next thing you know, you're adding 200 K a month onto that because it's the exact same tactic just to scale. So people, they don't think they think in the moment, which is so wrong to do because that knowledge that you gain 10 years from now, it's that it's the 80, 20 rule, right? Like 10 years from now, you're going to be making 80% more than what you were making or 80% of the money that you're, that you made in your life at that point in time, as opposed to earlier on in your life. And all that knowledge is still there and people don't understand how much it actually compounds when you do that. And that's why I want to go and spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development, because I know 10 years from now, that's going to be worth a hundred million dollars to me. Right. Yeah. People want short term, you know, instant gratification. It's just not how life works, not how no. life works, it's not how anything works. You're um, not even, you're not even at, you don't even have the mental capacity at the stage when you learn it to apply it at a large scale because you're, you personally haven't reached that stage yet. So you're getting mentorship from people who have made tens of millions of dollars. If you're only making five figures, you're not even at the, the technical level or the, the mental level yet to, to apply it effectively because you're not at their stage yet. So you learn it. You apply it and you keep utilizing it in your life. And then when you get to that stage, which you will, if you keep working with it, then that's where it really starts to make you money. So yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. People, like you said, people are, people want the instant gratification and that's not how entrepreneurship works. It's the people who are patient that are going to be the ones that, that come out on top. Yeah. I think the problem is that they're looking at it as an expense rather mm -hmm. than an 
investment in and an investment. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going into real estate, it's going to take you 10 years before you turn over and start really making money in real estate, but they don't look at, it's like, it's like, you know, one of the, the best comparisons I can say for people is like, if you go to medical school for eight years, you're not going to see an ROI on that for, for 10 years from when you make the initial investment. It's the same thing. You hire a mentor, you are essentially learning a skill just like if you were paying to go to school. The only difference is it's going to be, it's going to help you way more. Like you go to medical school, you're going to cap out how much money you're going to make in that career. But in entrepreneurship, you don't because you apply it to whatever it is that you're working on in your life. It's, it's an investment. It doesn't matter what it is. It's an investment that's going to compound over time. And the investment in yourself is, is better than any investment you can make in anything. 100% agree with you. What, what was your biggest breakthrough in e Like, not your biggest, let's say your first big break that you would consider, like at that point in your life, a big breakthrough. Like what made you think like, wow, this is really happening and I'm getting really, really good at this and I'm seeing the, the potential. My first big breakthrough was when I had um, a product that started, started doing $1,000 a day. Um, and I mean, it, that was that's, that's like a really great number to break. But like, it was really when, when my first product started making profit, I was like, this is repeatable because until you kind of have, until you, you're, I always say the first dollar, the, the first dollar that you make is the hardest dollar to make because until you do that, your mind, it doesn't think that you can do that. But the second I saw a product went profitable, I was like, this works. There's no way that this is the only product that's going to do this. There's no way I just stumbled upon this one out of a hundred billion products that exist in China. And I just happened to find the one that worked. This is actually something that works. So when that happened, I was all in, I was like, I'm going to test a hundred products because if I try a hundred products, I'm going to find one that works. And then it's just an, you know, just a numbers game and, and consistently trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. So I think the first breakthrough that everybody makes is making their first dollar. And once you see it, once it's verified, then it's just a matter of perfecting that process and going from there. I mean, there's tons of other breakthrough, breakthroughs after that, but that was like, the, that was the first real like mindset breakthrough where until you make money for the first time, you don't truly believe that it works because you've never seen it. Right. Your, your brain is, first of all, our brains are prehistoric. They're trained yeah. to protect us from outside forces that could potentially harm us. Yeah. And it's not something, you know... It, it's something that people are, you know, you, you don't believe it, right? Until yeah. you see it and do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to hear about somebody else doing it. It's a completely never another thing for you to experience it. And once you do, the sky's the limit because you understand it works. Exactly. Yeah. So before you mentioned that you were like 30 K in the hole yeah. started all your life savings burned. Yeah. That point you didn't give up no why not um i i made a, a a commitment to myself that i was like i'm just gonna go all in on this and try it and see what happens for a year and try it for a year and if it doesn't if it doesn't work then i move on to something else but my entire life up until that point i had never truly committed myself to something and even even through the, the money that i burned like i still saw potential in that i still saw things that were working better than others. So I looked at it as, I, I, I really looked at it as, I'm just not good enough to make it work yet. So what can I do to make myself make it work kind of thing? So it was always, it, was, it went back to the same thing as I was trying to take positives out of anything. So 
yes, I lost the money or I, sorry, I invest, I never say loss anymore. I, I invested the money and it was an investment in myself. So I'm going to go and do it. And I, I went and got bought into a program and I was like, okay, I never really truly learned it the right way. So I'm going to try and learn it the right way now and then see how it goes. I already saw positive positives out of it when I did it the wrong way. So, you know, it's only going to get better from this point onwards. And you really have to look at it as you are in the, in this specific moment right now, you are the worst that you will ever be at anything that you're doing. You literally cannot get worse. It's impossible to get worse because you've learned so many things and you're never going to make those mistakes again. So that was how I looked at it. I was like, I'm, I can't get worse than this. <laughs> I'm broke. I literally can't get worse than this. I'm only going to do things better from this point onwards. And I committed myself to just try it. I went and borrowed 300 bucks from a friend and uh, made my first figure, six figure store off of that $300. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question is like, yeah, you know, that's, you know, it's a great answer. It's putting a positive twist on everything. It's all well and good. You got flowers and daisies in your head. <laughs> you have no fucking money. So yeah. how does that work? Yeah. I, I borrowed 300 bucks. I went in on like a profit sharing kind of thing. He just, he just threw me some money. Um, and I put, I purchased a course on my credit card. So I was like actually negative, technically like even negative, even more money out him. And then I like no money on my credit card, my credit card, like, like a $2,500 limit. So it was like capped. <laughs> so I couldn't literally couldn't do anything. Um, but it was just, I just committed to it. And I took everything that I learned from losing the money, everything I learned from the course, tried a product um, that I, I tried a product. I tried a product that I saw potential in earlier applied all of the new knowledge, all of the old knowledge on it. And that was the first successful product that did six figures. And it was like, everything had come together in that moment. Everything I'd learned, everything I had failed with, it all came together in that moment on that one product. And then that money funded everything else from that point onwards. How did you make that $300 work for you? And you know, at this point, like you're dead broke, you maxed yeah. your card out, you have $300. How did you make those $300 Count so that you could fund the rest of your business. I, I went back and analyzed everything that I did wrong. I, and I, and I compared it to, to this course, which was telling me how to do things right. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, I did so many things wrong. Like I li I literally like 95% of what I did, I was just doing it the wrong way. Like I was, I was doing stupid things. Like I was duplicating campaigns for example, <laughs> and not on not ad set. So of course that's not going to work because you're literally, I'm literally duplicating a campaign and, and thinking that's, you know, cause I just learned, there's like all these things that you learn to do in these free YouTube videos. So I was like, wow, like I did so much wrong, analyzed all of that, compared it to what I had now, created a, a solid game plan, tried it. I tested, I tested a bunch of different stuff. One of them, one of them showed promise. So I put basically went all in on that and it was profitable from like day two or day three. Um, so then it was just like reinvesting the profits from it and it started super slow. Like I was making like 20 bucks, 50 bucks, hundred bucks. And it was, it was just constantly, okay, I'm going to duplicate it. I'm going to scale it times two, scale it times two kind of thing. And then it just reinvest, reinvest until it got to the point where it was making like a thousand dollars, sometimes $2,000 in a day in profit. Um, and then it was just reinvest, reinvest, and then reinvest in the ads, reinvest in more training, reinvest in this. Cause once I saw that the training was great, I was like, I'm going to go get more knowledge from here and there and learn more, more of this and that and whatever. And, and yeah, I was just analyzing all of the mistakes that I made, accepting the fact that I made them, accepting the fact that it was an investment and then putting it all together into a new attempt. My, my favorite phrase to say is if you just try, if your mentality is, is always just try one more time, 
then you're going to be successful. It's impossible not to be successful because if you learn and try again, there's only so many times you can fail. There's only so many wrong ways to do something before you do it right. Now, Facebook has a lot of wrong ways to do something, so it could take a while, but there's literally only so many times you could do it wrong before you do something right. And that was my mentality. Just try again. I love that. Yeah, that's that. I think that's what sep separates successful people from unsuccessful people. It's as simple yeah. as people that are willing to get up, dust themselves yeah. up, and try one more time. I mean, yeah. what was that? I'm no better than anybody else in this space. Like, I'm probably the least educated person because I never went to, to university. I never went to college. I barely got through high school. Well, I did, I did okay in high school, but like I was super lazy, so I could have done way better. Um, I'm, I'm like the worst person that could be doing this. It, like on paper, I'm the worst person that could be doing this compared to people who, you know, went and got, you know, degrees and, and PhDs and, and masters and all this stuff. So you, you literally just need the relentlessness of saying, I'm just going to try again. And that's all it takes. Literally all it takes is to just keep trying. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that's, that's probably a good point to uh, wrap it up. I'm yeah. sure I'll have you uh, on the podcast again in the future. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever? Um, I'm only on Instagram right now. I can only imagine so many social platforms. Uh, so at, at Connor Shalafonchek, I know it's a horrendous last name. I'll put, um, I'll put that in the show notes because no one's yeah. fucking that right. Yeah, nobody's spelling. I can barely even spell it right half the time. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, Instagram. I'm, I'm working on a ton of content on Instagram. I'm trying to give back to a lot of people and help them um, with their mindset and stuff like that. So I have a lot of cool content coming out on there. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to wrap this up with the question of the day. You get to get, you get to ask the question of the day to the audience and they're going to hit you up on DM and find you somewhere and, and give you the answer. All right. So my question of the day is going to be if there is one thing, so I'm putting together a mindset video series and podcast as well. Uh, and I want as many topics that, that people can possibly give me so I can provide value and feedback on it. There's one thing in your life that you need to fix, whether it's business, personal, what mindset doesn't matter. It's fixable by mindset. I just need to know what it is. That way I can dive into it and shoot a video on it and stuff like that. So anything that you think needs to be fixed for you to move on with any fear that you have, any um, problem you have with organization or, or time commitments, anything like that, give me that problem. I'm going to shoot a video on it. It's going to go on uh, on a series somewhere or a podcast or something. I just need topics and problems that I can help people fix. Awesome. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Connor, for hopping on and everyone that was listening. Um, have a great day. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Yo, what up podcast? Hope you enjoyed that episode. Like comment, subscribe, share, whatever the fuck you podcasters do. Do that shit. See ya.